everybody. It's great to see great all to see of you. you. Yeah. It seems like I would. I am always coming back from a trip to North Carolina. You are. You love yeah. the Tar Heel State. Oh, I tell you. We, uh, <laughs> so I've been to three different kind of cabins in the last three months. And wow. every one of them, one had a mountain view. One had um, was on a mountain. Uh, and then the other one was in a valley. Um, and every one of them had a unique, beautiful view. And the leaves were, were beautiful. Absolutely incredible. Not Vermont, but Not Vermont. you don't have to. I mean, if you have to take what Nov- Vermont and New Hampshire offer in order to get those kinds of leaves, they can have it. Okay? <laughs> they can have it. Uh, do you know that Vermont is the most atheistic state in the United States? Why they got to be that way? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, look. Like, uh, let's see. Which one's the granite state? That's New Hampshire, the granite state. What? <laughs> And uh, and then, uh, yeah, they call it granite. I guess they had a lot of granite or something. Oh. They, you know, each state has a slogan. Yeah, what's, what's yeah. Tra- what is the Palmetto State? Palmetto State, yeah. And then Massachusetts was the Bay State. And then, Bay let's state. see, and I think Vermont is the um, Show Me State. I don't believe. <laughs> show Me State? I don't know. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. If you're out there and you're from Vermont, my apologies. The leaves are amazing up there. Yeah. I know not one person from Vermont. No, I don't either. I it's hard to find somebody from Florida. It's, that's true. I mean, born and raised in Florida. That's true. Uh, I mean, other than my grandkids, but yeah. I really is difficult. Yeah, Everybody goes to Florida, yeah. but nobody actually yeah gets hatched <laughs> in Florida. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Florida's a great state. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, some say it's its own country. Some but, say yeah. yeah. So, uh, what, what's what's new? Um, we have jackets on. Cause we got jackets because it's cold outside. It's cold outside. That's nice. That's nice, yeah. Like that a nice. whole bunch. Yeah, and, um, yeah we're going to have a trunk or treat coming up, so yes. get ready for that. Yeah, and, and invite your friends. Bring your friends' kids. Get permission. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Johnny. Um, yeah. But if we're going to have a lot of fun. We usually have, what, like four to 500 people show yeah. up for that? Yeah. And it's just a good time. Mm-hmm. We're not believing. You know, I think... Christians think the devil is more in Halloween than the devil thinks he's <laughs> yeah. in Halloween. I mean, I really do. I, I think I think we think the devil is is just like this stupid guy that would. Uh, oh no, they see me dressed up like a a goblin. They they got me. <laughs> they got oh, you're so clever. You know. No, I I, I think um, uh, I think he's much more crafty. I oh. think he he dabbles in jealousy, envy, yeah, you know, despair. I think those. Yeah. Are, I think that's the trick or treat that the devil does. But handing Snickers bars to little kids dressed up like Iron Man, I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> Doesn't seem like he's Does, too yeah. involved. And if that's the devil's best, <laughs> he's really messing it up. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that that's just a thought. No Bible support for that. <laughs> but it's good to be back. And uh, last week, you guys were talking about Nehemiah and talked about a mind to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys shared some good insights on that. We're going to continue to talk about Nehemiah. Got some good stuff. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, this discussion I'm going to have today really affected me um, today. Mm-hmm. It really applied to me personally. And I'll, I'll share a little bit about that. So uh, yeah. why don't you open us up in prayer? Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for this time we have to be able to spend together looking at your word. 
Thank you that you get to speak, um, that we get to hear you speak through it. Thank you that we get to read these stories um, that are just so incredible and so rich and so full of things for us to be able to learn as we ultimately just try to want to be more like your son, Jesus. And it's through his name we pray. Amen. And you know, when I look at a story like this, I love it because I want to... I think it's Beth Moore that said this, and I don't take this the wrong way because some people gave her a hard time for it. But I, I look to find myself in Scripture, not only God in Scripture. I, I mean, obviously, God's revealing himself through Scripture. But I also look to find myself in there. And there are sometimes a character will present themselves like a Gideon or a Nehemiah that will be in a situation that looks kind of like the situation that I'm in. So Nehemiah today is going to experience some things that I... I really can relate with personally. Mm-hmm. But last week you guys talked about a mind to work. Yeah. Um, and you talked about that inner heart, that inner man, that that motivation that we have to do in order to. And you guys also talked about consecrating themselves. Do you remember some of that? Yeah, putting your, yeah. this You can do, you have all the materials there with you, but consecrating it's like we talked about marriage. You have, just because you have the material of a man and a woman, yeah. Doesn't mean you've got a, a marriage that's consecrated to God as a holy work. Whoa, that's that's. Did you unpack that? We did a little bit. Yeah, yeah. because you know we make a big fuss about the gender compatibility and all that other yeah. stuff. The making sure you got a girl with a guy and all that, mm-hmm. and which is part of the biblical narrative uh, and scientific narrative. Mm-hmm. But the, but a lot of times Christians will think, well, that's all you need. Yeah. Um, but it's not that. It's the, the biblical marriage is a concre- consecrated marriage where yeah. two people have consecrated themselves to the same end game of seeing God glorified in the relationship and in one another. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of times people think, well, you know, he's a good guy, he's got a job, you know, it's, you know, we're going to get married and that's going to be awesome. It's like, no, you're consecrating yourself to a good work. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, uh, and that's what made the wall different than just other walls. Yeah. Because there was a consecrated work. They had all the same materials. It wasn't like there was something new that got invented that made this thing stronger yeah. than other walls or whatever. But it was because they had consecrated it with the materials that it became something more powerful, different. And and I've done a lot of work around the house. And mm-hmm. like I have a hallway, like most houses. <laughs> It's a tra- it's this unique thing we came up with a transition from one room to another. Um, they call it a hallway. Yeah, we call it a hallway. That's what they call it in Vermont. You know, I'm just going to stay on Vermont for the rest of the. You know, we don't get a lot of support no, from them. We're going to be. We check our giving records. Yeah, no money from no money. Vermont. No, they're free games. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. so, but if you ever started a job and just kind of like didn't finish it, mm-hmm. um, so in my hallway, there's blue on one side of the wall. There is gray on the other side of the wall, and in between there is drywall plaster mm-hmm. uh, that that's never gotten primed. And I'm probably going to get some shout-outs from Simon on this one. <laughs> you know there's a guy that can help you. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's just that he, he came over one day and saw it, and he's like, you want me to paint that for you? And I'm like, no, I got it. And he's like, you know, I did it like a year ago. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he put the, oh, oh yeah, I get yeah. it now, I get yeah, it Yeah, so, okay. um, yeah. But the, then there are jobs you do around the house or that you get into that you got to get done. Mm-hmm. It's like when, when and I'm going to say from a dude standpoint, like when you get new wheels for your vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You, you spent way too much money to ship them overnight. 
you get them. <laughs> you're at National Discount Tire or yeah. wherever place in town, and you're standing there at seven o'clock. And hey, man, can you put these tire wheels on for me? And you're just dying, and you'll just spend two hundred dollars to have them put them on. Be there till three o'clock in the afternoon. Cancel. Yeah. The surgeries that you were going to perform, and then this is very specific. Oh, very specific, and it's like I, you just got to have those yeah. wheels on there. Yeah. Um, when you get a TV, same kind of deal. Oh, it's got to get on Especially the wall. Especially if you got to get a new mount up there. Oh yeah, you got. Yeah, I mean, you're in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So I think we that may not be like holy concert. Uh, mm-hmm. consecration but it is the idea of having a mind to work mm-hmm. and that you go after something that is valuable for you and you work on that and you do the work so um mm-hmm. but you know and i think most of us have had a mind to work when it comes to marriage and when it comes to god and the things that he's called us to do uh, but sometimes it becomes commonplace that happens in a marriage probably more than anything you know, I, I was talking to somebody today, and we were talking about life. We were talking about the sanctity of life in the womb. We were talking about, you know, children and how precious they are and how we should protect life. And um, but, th- but then we were talking about the inconsistency of even Christians, that we will protest against abortion and the right to life uh, and all that. And then we will so casually, you know, shuffle our kids off you know and and it may not even it may not even bother us it's like wait a minute it was sacred here <laughs> but now at least my i'm speaking for my generation your generation is doing so much better but my generation in order to get that beamer you know um we'd be willing to both of us to work and to both have careers and and to you know make the highest dollar we can possibly make and and all that time our kids are are in daycare all that time and in school and you're picking them up at eight o'clock from aftercare. And uh, it's like, well, wait a minute. You believed in the sanctity of life in the womb. What about it when it's in your house? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not trying to shame anybody because me and Susan had to do that. Um, we, uh, you know, as a young pastor, you know, just wasn't a lot of money there. So yeah. we had to do part daycare, part in mother-in-law, involvement but we had to make some you know we lived in a $34,000 house it was 850 square feet in the wrong part of Goose Creek Hmm. um and uh (laughs) there are some out there so you know what they're thinking right yeah is there a good part of Goose Creek yeah Yeah. let me just tell you I've lived in Goose Creek probably more than anywhere else in my life, I've lived. I've had like three houses in Goose Creek, yeah. and it was. It's a wonderful community. So all you yeah. Vermont people out there, <laughs> leave Goose Creek alone, okay? Yeah. Um, but and and people used to tease me about it. They would they would literally say. I had one guy at the church I was at say, "When are you going to move out of that white trash house?" Oh boy. Yeah, and I was like, "What?" And it's like, "Yeah, dude, you're living in that's a." wrong side of the tracks and it r- literally was on yeah. the wrong side of the tracks I know exactly but it was like no I'm affording the ability to spend time with my kids as much as I can mm-hmm. you know yeah. so we have a mind to work we, when we're standing at the altar with our spouse we have a mind to work when we're trying to have children but someplace along the line that mind to work gets interrupted mm-hmm. for all of us mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it's easy in, the, in any battle for something that is 
substantial and real to lose ground instead of standing your ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Distractions, discouragements enter in, and it's really interesting. It changes our resolve. I I wrote down a couple of things that I see that shift in my own life. Visions become wishes. Beliefs become stories. Ethics become moral suggestions. And urgency yields to convenience. It's kind of like the start of Lord of the Rings. Uh, history becomes legend. Legend becomes yeah, myth. Yeah. It, and, it, and, it, and it happens to us. When we, when we experience distractions and discouragement, you know, all of a sudden those things, those visions for our lives, we kind of hope they work out. Mm-hmm. Um, the beliefs are kind of like stories, but I don't really know if they have impact in, in yeah. our lives. Yeah. So... Um, We'll argue over the distraction of sin, but where we really lose ground is not in the distraction of sin, but rather the concession of resolve in our life. Mm-hmm. The, the death quote. <laughs> death quote. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're still working. We're, still... We're, we're workshopping that one. <laughs> Whenever I have a quote that's worth repeating, we call it death quote, meaning that somebody will repeat that when I'm dead. Okay? Yeah. Be, yeah. I have to be dead for it to get repeated. Yeah. Oh. So having a work, uh, a mind to work that is consecrated to God is the most important thing to protect in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's why James said in... Uh, Chapter 2, verse 26, faith without works is dead. Is that not only the belief system, but without the work system to accomplish it, it becomes just a wish. Mm-hmm. And I think people really, I've, I've had to ask myself, is my belief in heaven? I, I kind of wish it's true, kind of hope it's true, or do I believe it's true? Mm-hmm. Do I believe in the resurrection from the dead? And... Um, but James was very clear that a faith without the resolution to walk it out, uh, it really becomes just dead. It loses its integrity. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about the need to change. We can, we can believe in change. We can even know how the change can be made. In this day of the internet, you can YouTube any, anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I can figure out how to put a lift kit on my vehicle. I can figure out, you know, how to do math. I can figure out just about anything from the internet. There's been speaking of math. There's been some pushback to the one verse nine. <laughs> one one verse <laughs> about, about the sermon about yeah the yeah, math. yeah yeah do yeah do the math because uh, yeah it's like yeah there's some people that are sticking some people, to the one sticking answer. to the one and they don't want you to build bridges either that's yeah, what they're, yeah. That's what apparently they're engineers and doctors <laughs> so, you know yeah. okay yeah, yeah. but yeah. if you don't stand your ground the change will never come um so let's take a look at nehemiah because i want you to see maybe you can find yourself in him um that he encounters distractions and discouragement quite often mm-hmm. in the story why don't you yeah. read it to us this is on nehemiah 4 starting in verse 7 Now when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. Yes. Okay. I think that's so big. So remember, if we can kind of personify discouragement, personify distractions or even fear, anxiety. 
it, they're almost kind of like these entities. And I, I know they're psychological realms as well as maybe some spiritual influences yeah. there. But but if you could see it as uh, um, something conspiring against the productivity or the calling of God in your life, it's really good to see it that way. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It uses this phrase to cause a disturbance in it, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what distractions do. They... Um, when these people rose up against him, they wanted to create this disturbance within them. And I, I think every one of us have had that experience where we get just disturbed in us. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets us off our game a little bit. It gets us off our, our resolution. They came to, distru- uh, to cause a disruption in their lives. I, I, I remember Star Wars. I think it's the, the sixth movie. The Return of the Jedi is that the last one where, ooh, dee, dee, dee. Uh, where all those you know little yeah, yeah. furry guys? Yeah. Can we say furry guys? Yeah. Yeah, but those little I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got Ewoks. Ewoks. Yeah. When the Ewoks. Yeah. Um, but I remember when um, the the Emperor is talking to Darth Vader and. Mm-hmm. Darth is talking about, you know, his son. Darth. Darth, we call my friend. It is interesting. First name. He's called Darth in the first movie. Wow. By the time you get to the other movies, it's a title. It's not his name. Yeah. But he refers to him in the first mo- in the in, in number uh, in the New Hope. He's it's actually his first name. Darth. Yeah. <laughs> this is maybe like you never yeah. you never hey, see the word of the Yeah. Um <laughs> but the emperor can sense that Vader and his son have kind of had a little moment where they've connected about, right. you know, Lucas said, I know there's good in you, yeah. you know? And so when he comes before the emperor, the emperor is, I sense a disturbance in the force. He realized that there was something going on inside of Darth that, <laughs> yeah. that was disrupting the integrity of the mission. Yeah. And that's what they were trying to do was to cause a disruption. And in the Hebrew, it means to cause a wandering. Mm. You know, I, just think about mm-hmm. how you wander as a person. I mean, yeah. just think about internet surfing, yeah. you know, wandering. Think about shopping. Think about how you use time. Uh, but it, I, I like it. It was a wandering away from resolution. It was a wandering away from truth, a wandering away from the work. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to do. They didn't want them to deny the work. They didn't want them to take the mark of the beast or anything like elaborate like that. It's like, no, I just, we're just going to make you wander from the work. Mm-hmm. You know, leave the work site. All of a sudden, you know, you're somebody sitting along the side of the river while everybody else is putting this house up and you're having smoke, joke, and coke and over on the, on the banks of the river and your boss is looking around. It's like, hey, what are you doing, man? You know, mm-hmm. and you just kind of wander off. And that's mm-hmm. what they were trying to do is cause this disturbance. Um, you may have had a resolve to work on your marriage. You may have had a resolve to overcome an addiction. But we wander away. And again, I, I wanted to say the word wander is not like running away. Wandering is kind of like aimless walking. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, again, they are denying the work or they're running away from the work. They're just, they've lost their sense of 
pointing their body in the right direction. Mm -hmm. They wander away. And and we're going to find that most people get into addictions not because they woke up one morning and said, you know, I think I'm going to work on being an alcoholic. I mean, I've seen it. My friends are having a great time with it, you know? (laughs) So people wander into alcoholism. People wander into drug addiction. Uh, People wander into pornography, Mm -hmm. you know? It's... You didn't really wake up and say, hey, you know, I'm going to surf the web and yeah. feel guilty. Uh, no, you're kind of like, well, I'm looking over here at this and then I'm clicking on that. And then the next thing you're here and and basically you could make footprints on all your clicks and all the links. And that would be called a wandering. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we I think we uh, wandering is a real potent thing that we underestimate. We always look for the cataclysmic yeah. thing. Yeah. But I think wandering gets the job done. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Israel, God uh, has them in the desert. And as a, because of their unbelief and because of the rebellion against God, what does it become? Just wandering around. Right. For yeah. 40 years, mm-hmm. they wandered. When really, wandering was the physical manifestation of the concept of unbelief and rebellion. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, I've called you to go do this, but they just didn't have the belief to do it. They didn't have the resolve to do it. They were always turned to other idols, and they just constantly wandered out in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as that generation of wanderers died off, boom, God takes them right through the Jordan and into the promised land. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we could just stop right there. We've been waiting on God to answer prayers for things in our own personal lives. You know, think, well, God hasn't answered our prayer. It's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe you lost your resolve on the prayer. Maybe you became a wanderer in the midst of the prayer. But maybe God wants to get us back to a resolve so mm-hmm. that he can, boom, take us into that that promise yeah. that He he's already made to us. Yeah. So, um, but distractions are, uh, we're nonstop. And let me just say, they're always nonstop. There's never a point when distractions just go away. Mm-hmm. You will always have to make the choice to stand your ground. So we come back to the story and the, this group of people that you named off, mm-hmm. uh, Tobias Sambalat and, and his friends who are trying to cause the disturbance. They send a letter to Nehemiah. And uh, I just wanted you mm-hmm. to see what they try to accomplish. It says in Nehemiah 6, verse 1, Come, let us meet together at Shephrim in the plain of Ono. But they were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? They sent messages to me four times in this manner. And I answered them in the same way. Okay. So they, they weren't, they weren't like, Offering like, hey, you want some drugs, you know, or something like, I don't know who talks like that, but hey, you want some drugs? <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of like, hey, come on, you come, let's meet. You know, let's just hang out and we'll talk a little yeah. bit. But, and, and there's no sin in that, but really to come down from the wall, there's sin in that. Mm-hmm. And so it was what appeared to be an invitation to... You know, charcuterie, is that what? 
Charticoots. Yeah. Charticoots? <laughs> really? That doesn't sound right. Charcuterie. Yeah, Charcuterie, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, you so breathe That's what me and Kelly call, yeah. Charcuterie. Okay. Yeah. And what's it up when they, that Lots wine that they drink, that they've shortened the name for that too? They've ruined it? Sab Cav? Yeah. I mean, it's like, come on. You're killing me here. All right. So yeah. That was just a little, little over this. Yeah. Bet. You can find more of this conversation on the Saver podcast. Yes. With... <laughs> just kidding. No. Come let us meet together. Yeah. So, but, and they were planning to harm him, and, but they wanted to get him to stop doing the work. But mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. They sent messengers to him four times in the same manner. Mm-hmm. So disruptions don't just go away. They keep coming, they keep coming, they keep coming. And I think it's also interesting that he answered them in the same way. Mm-hmm. Because first time I get distracted, I'm like, no, dude, I'm busy. You come back with that distraction again. No, you sure, man? Because, you know, we're going to just give me some wings and fries and we're just going to just... <laughs> Well, you know, I, my answer changes a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess I could probably, uh, I, I better not, not this time, better not. Yeah. Okay, man, you sure? And then, you know, they like, it's and your answer migrates from resolve to wandering. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that he's like, he doesn't rethink his answer. Okay, usually I get messed up in the rethinking of my answer. It's like, no. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay doing what I'm doing. And, and he gives them the exact same answer because they were hoping for some sort of migration. Mm-hmm. But I love what he says. I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and I come down to you? So that begets the big question. Mm-hmm. Is your life involved in a great work? Are you busy doing things that God wants you to do? Mm-hmm. Um, that's Nehemiah knew God he knew what God wanted him to do he had consecrated himself to the work and he had a mind to do the work and nothing was going to take that away from him mm-hmm. there was not going to be a, a, a different answer on that and I think this is what God wants us to do I think it's you know if we kind of go through that with he knew God he knew what God wanted him to do and he consecrated himself to that work and he had a mind to do the work I'm not, if, if you keep, if you keep distractions or disappointment from getting in the way of those four things, I'm not sure if you're stoppable, at least your marriage isn't, mm-hmm. you know, um, we tend to go at marriage with a quick fix. We think we could just tweak it. I think guys are probably worse at this. Mm-hmm. You know, we mess up with our wives and then we go home with some flowers. Hey, honey, I bought you some flowers. And it's still got that plastic wrapping from Publix on it mm-hmm. with the price tag on the side. I mean, I tried to like one up it so I would cut out the price tag, but uh-huh. leave it. Yeah, so it was kind <laughs> of like weird looking. But um, quick answers don't, don't work. Yeah. Or, you know, just like, oh, I'll take her out on a date and we'll be good. Yeah, it's like no, that's not how it works. It, it has to make a decision to um, um, that. Here's my answer: what I told you at the altar that I will love you till death do we part. That I won't let anything come between us. That I cherish you and love. That's that's my answer, and it will be the same answer every single time. Mm-hmm. That brings up somebody that I commemorate yeah. with this right. with this fine jersey. Yeah, yeah. Um, who gives the same answer every yeah. time? You know who it is. Um, That'd be uh, Coach Bill. Yes. 
Belichick. Yes, nobody called it. Well, I guess some people call Tom him Bill. But nobody like really Darth. believes. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really <laughs> believes that he's like pleased with you using his first name. Uh, but every time after a game, they would want to yeah. talk about game day. You would be doing the press box thing yeah. or whatever they call that. Uh, what would he say? Yeah, he would. Uh, somebody would ask him, "Hey, tell me about uh, how you guys thinking this week going and forward, uh, or the, or uh, this this past game, you guys really struggled." And yeah, we're on the Cincinnati. Yep, we're on the Cincinnati. We're on the Cincinnati. Every time somebody would ask some <laughs> question, we're on the Cincinnati. We're on yeah. the Cincinnati. What do you think about your long snapper, Coach Belichick? We're on the Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> now he's a pain in the butt, but you are not going to get him to come down off the wall to have a stupid conversation. He knows you don't know what the heck you're talking about, long snappers. <laughs> and, uh, and, and personally, it's not a conversation he wants to have. So yep. not giving in each time and then eroding. And mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, husband and wives argue. And it's easy over seven to ten years of having little bickerings to allowed allow a resolve to erode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can get the, the towel on the floor thing where it didn't used to bother you now all of a sudden. Right, right. <laughs> or this underwear left where you... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> wouldn't have... In the bathroom, it didn't used to bother you. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, right. Or you wouldn't have dared think of being leaving your underwear. No, I no. I mean, she was your no. precious queen, yeah, you, you know, your give, princess. Yeah, you don't want to see and that. And then you're seven years into it, and it's like uh, uh, <laughs> she asks, you know, she's doing, let's say she's doing the laundry, and then she asks you, you know, could you pick up your underwear? Uh. And you pick it up with your foot and the <laughs> and the, towards the basket, you know? <laughs> okay, not that I've ever done yeah. that. It might explain my first divorce. <laughs> it might <laughs> but, hit her in the feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it, we. I think we just yeah. we lose our resolve on things. Yeah. But Nehemiah faces discouragement in every part of the job, and it's always there, and he never backs down from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think a lot of us would say, "Well, my life is harder than his. He doesn't have to deal with what I have to deal with." I, I don't think that's really the answer. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this yeah. would set us up for what I call a death quote. Yeah. Why don't you read it for us? Yeah. It's not the measure of your challenges, but the measure of your resolution that will determine the outcome. That's right. That's right. It's not the measure of the challenge. Mm-hmm. It's Any challenge is going to require some measure of resolution. Right. And that measure of resolution will always have to exceed the measure of the challenge, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. So just saying, well, it's too big of a challenge. It's like, no, all it needs is just a bigger resolution. So um, it's not the measure of your doubts, but the measure of your working, your active um, beliefs that bring about change. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's really easy to fall away from this. I recently my back's been bothering me again, and it's kind of migrated up into my neck, and so I have to go get an MRI on my neck. But it's it's causing my my fingers to kind of uh, like go to sleep, and I have pins and needles in them. So it's, I got I got an X-ray yesterday, and it turns out you know there's something going on in the cervical. Is that what they call? It? I don't want to get yeah yeah sir. Uh, and uh, you know so immediately I'm like oh crap I'm gonna have to have a stupid fusion, and, and not only that it's like that's where all the nerves that go to the heart and all that go through, yeah. right? and it's like all of a sudden I'm just like sick, yeah, and it's like. You know, I'm a dead man. You know, it's like that's a Zed. I'm 
I'm going to lose my hands if I don't get the surgery. And, and so, and, and the pain of the back, my, you know, thoracic region, but then now here, and so I don't sleep at all. Mm. And, um, you know, it can really wear on you. So there are times when you have to kind of let your ears hear what your, what your mouth says and what your heart believes. And had an opportunity with Ben. You know, you get alone with Ben. He'll talk to you about having resolve. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm just laying there, you know, in the office. It's like I came to work. I decided I'm not going to get home. I'm not going to have a pity party. I'm going to go in. But I really couldn't move past that. And so Ben came in and prayed over me, rebuked Satan in every fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... he Rebuke Satan in places Satan's never been before. <laughs> He's okay, just sure they're covered. He, yes, just in He's, case uh, he tries. <laughs> but um, and then, but then he he was just that constant call to faith and believing in God. Is it a wish, or is it is it a vision? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a belief, or is it just a story? Yeah. Um, and it's like you know, no, we've got to decide that greater is He who is in me than in the world. He who began a good work uh, is faithful to complete that work that he would not allow anything to overwhelm me, that I'm more than a conqueror in all things, including mm-hmm. neck and thoracic and lumbar. I mean, crap. I mean, I'm, we can edit that out. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like I got one ruptured here, I got two ruptured here, and then got one ruptured in my... What the heck was I doing? That, that must have been quite... <laughs> Well, I mean, quite the car job, uh, or, or, or yeah, but I think it was mountain biking. Oh, and, it's all of yeah, and playing sports. I, know, I was thinking about what did I do to myself, and I was really beating myself up over it. It's like yeah. you're only getting what you deserve, and it's like, well, it could happen when I played football in the Navy, or mm-hmm. when I did weightlifting when I was in my 30s. When I, it could have happened digging ditches when I, I'm, you know, when I had this mm-hmm. house and pulling out azalea bushes. It could have happened moving the couch down from the third floor. Yeah. yeah I mean, it could have happened when I was rowing. It could have happened. And, and, um, and so, you know, it's just really beating myself up. It's like, you have ruined your life. You're going to be in pain. You're going to be on drugs. You're mm-hmm. going to have a surgery. It's going to fail. You're going to be on disability. I was just like, bam, 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 going down this thing. Uh, it, wh- what is that? That's called wandering. Yeah. Um, and, that's why this idea about where you stand is really important because if the ground under you is no longer solid, and Jesus uses that illustration about, about a rock, mm-hmm. standing upon a rock, if it's not solid, then it becomes, we, we would say sand, but what is sand? It is rock that has become plural. Mm-hmm. It's that one integrated idea, no longer integrated, but it's been busted up mm-hmm. so much so that it's lost its integrity and ability to support you. So it's kind of like, I mean, I'm a biblical guy. I, I have the Bible verses, but you know, in the wandering and the fear and the discouragement and all that, it, it all of a sudden you're not standing on rock anymore. Yeah. You're standing on wishes. You're standing on stories. You're standing mm-hmm. on hopes, but you're not standing on belief. Or, or the word of God is we're supposed to stand on it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really finding, you know, been a pastor for years now, been a Christian for a really long time, that 
if you don't know where you stand with God or on the word of God, that any distraction, any discouragement, or any fear will win every time. But you need to realize there is no life where distractions, discouragements, and fears do not exist. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. there is no place. Uh, when we move our position from God, when we move our confidence, um, you know, things begin to fall apart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of like where I'm at yeah. today, and it's 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 so crazy. Yeah, that's I love that verse in Isaiah when it talks about uh, we have this hope as the anchor of our for our souls. Yeah, it speaks of it speaks of being grounded to something that's not even though things around you are moving. Yeah, and even in the midst you could shift a little bit, you're still firm right where you're supposed to be. Yeah, and I, I just always have found that verse so encouraging that stuff's going to be because think about a boat that's anchored. Yeah. Everything, the water doesn't stop moving. Right. The other boats and other things around it aren't stopping moving. Yeah, yeah, the boat doesn't stop moving. <laughs> and the, yeah, and even yeah. the boat doesn't stop moving. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 going so, around because yeah. the currents are always changing. Yeah. But the idea of um, how it's so important, and I think we get it from Nehemiah, that he does not move from God's word, his right. calling. He's right. like, he stands true to that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's so important. He doesn't, mm-hmm. He doesn't allow distraction or discouragement to get a hold of him. Um, why don't you read, you know, I, I quoted it, but why don't you read that statement by Jesus out of Luke 6. Yeah, Luke 6, starting in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it, because it had been built well. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed. And the ruin of that house was great. Yeah. Um, A couple things that both men have in common. They both want to build something. Um. And they rep- the things that they build will represent their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing they have in common is they both face the exact same storm. So Christians have ruptured discs. Christians lose their jobs. Christians have difficulties in marriage. Christian marriages are just as hard as, as mm-hmm. non-Christian marriage. I mean, all of it. We have the, but it comes down to, are we going to stand on the word of God on this? Are you going to be resolved? Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's like... Uh, I, I met with Elizabeth today, Simon's wife, and she does small groups here at Crosstown. And I couldn't even have a meeting with her because we talked for a little bit. But I'm like, listen, I'd, I'm in so much pain, I just can't talk. And I just couldn't keep focus. Mm-hmm. So I just laid on the couch with a heating pad. And um, But it's funny, Ben comes in with Stacy, and they start praying for me, anoint me with oil. And they call, it's kind of like deep calling to deep. They know that I got the word of God in me, but they know that I'm just hearing Sam Ballot and Tobias just shouting at me, trying to call me down from the wall, trying to mm-hmm. get me to leave the work. And sometimes you need somebody that comes along and reminds you, you know, all of a sudden, Luke, yeah, go to Dagobah. 
the third system. There Yoda will train you. Yeah. You know, he just got his face swiped by a giant snow monster. His face <laughs> yeah. is planted and he's yeah. freezing on Hoth. Yeah. Do I know way too much about that? Yeah. But I... I, I, no. I yeah, yeah. It's all accurate. <laughs> <laughs> the drill, man. <laughs> oh, but you got to stand your ground. Mm-hmm. You really do. You can't give up the hope. Yeah. And, um, but, that, so, but I think it's interesting. After we've said all this, after he said no four times to these guys, these guys do not give up. Mm-hmm. Fear does not give up. Tomorrow morning, I will wake up and have to make a choice on how I will live my life. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I will have to choose whether or not I'm going to Google what... WebMD. Yeah, what the surgery looks like. What are the odds of me dying during the surgery? What are the uh, odds of me of it yeah. not working? Will I be in more pain afterwards? My, my wife makes... You know, works for a law firm that does disability, mm-hmm. and they see a lot of bad back surgeries take place and all that stuff. And so, I have a choice: Am I going to wake up, get down from the wall of faith, and go wander through the internet, getting all this data that will just—I'll I'll just tell you what—it'll it'll make me pass out. It, it'll make me pass. I'm not a very brave person. Oh, when all of a sudden I get it. all of a sudden I get that my vision goes like base of, base of re- whatever that base of reflex is, yeah. Up. <laughs> That's how you ruptured that disc. <laughs> um, so, but I want you to re- that fear comes back to Nehemiah, and mm-hmm. it will come back to us tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but re- read Nehemiah six, starting with verse five. Then Samballat sent his servant to me in the same manner a fifth time with an open letter in his hand. In it, it was written, "It is reported among the nations," and Gashmu says that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. Therefore, you are rebuilding the wall, and you are to be their king, according to these reports. You have also appointed prophets to proclaim in Jerusalem concerning you, a king is in Judah, and now it will be reported to the king according to these reports. So come now, let us take counsel together. Okay, so he just fabricates a lie about Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. So he's like, no, you're going to be in trouble. We know what you're trying to do, and the king's... Yeah, this will also show why it's really important that Nehemiah really connected well with Artaxerxes right before starting the whole thing. Right, Artaxerxes knows his heart, Mm -hmm. but but so here he's now in the midst of this. He's got somebody lying about him. Mm -hmm. Um, Then listen to uh, his response. Then I sent a message to him saying, "Such things as you are saying have not been done, but you are inventing them in your own mind." Oh my goodness! Can we just stop right there? That is the definition of anxiety, Mm -hmm. is inventing letters against yourself, writing your own letters against yourself. It's just, that's why Paul talks about bringing down every knowledge and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, Mm -hmm. is that most men and most women would agree that lusting after another woman would be considered sinful, you know? We, I mean, we would label it as, you know, committing adultery in the mind. We would say that's wrong. But yet, we don't apply the exact same standard to anxiety. That is fabricating an outcome of your life that is not authored by God. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't get, it is imagining another man's outcome yeah, or it, another yeah. person's outcome. And it uses the word vain imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and anxiety is, yeah, um... I, I read a Buddhist quote. It was kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, please don't, don't throw me under the bus here, but yeah. it really made sense. Is that the difference between a wise man and a foolish man? That um, 
both the wise man and the foolish man were shot by a dart. Um, but the foolish man was hit by the second dart. Um, the second dart is the dart of speculation of what's going to happen to me. What's my life going to become? Um, it's the fear and the anxiety of the first dart. They both had the same experience. The wise man just removes the dart and does not give the second dart a place to land. And in our minds, we wander and speculate. We, like it says here, inventing in our minds. And there is nobody, let me just tell you, there's nobody on this planet. The same gift that God gave me to come up with clever little illustrations or metaphors and all that stuff that I come up with is the same mind that turns on me when I'm discouraged, when I'm in pain, when, I'm in f when I have fear. And uh, we all have this power of inventing things in our minds. So, um, but I love it. He said he, he was clearly distinguished between a God truth and something that was being invented in the mind. Right. Verse 9, for all of them were trying to frighten us, thinking they will become discouraged with the work and it will not be done. But now will God strengthen my hands. When I entered the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Mehetabel, who was confined at home, he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you and they are coming to kill you at night. But I said, should a man like me flee and could one such as I go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Oh, I think that's incredible. So they tried to wrap it as like, okay, well, they're going to kill you. So we need to go to God's house and we need to hide. Mm -hmm. You would think that sounds biblical. Yeah, you need to go to the church. You need to just hide at the church and declare sanctuary, you know? And uh, it's like, no. Being afraid in God's house is no better than being afraid out in the middle of a field. It doesn't sanctify the fear because you're in God's house. But I think that's powerful. Um, should a man like me flee? And so I, this, these are times in my life, and, and we all have them, when you find out what kind of man you are. You know, um, should a man like me run from this? Or should I trust in God? And, I, and I, I've got a great Bible verse my wife gave me. We'll share in a second. Mm -hmm. Verse 12, then I perceived that surely God had not sent them. Or let me read that again. Then I perceived that surely God had not sent him, but he uttered his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. Mm. He was hired for this reason, that I might become frightened and act accordingly in sin so that they might have an evil report in order that they could reproach me. Remember, oh my God, Tobiah and Sambalat according to these works of theirs. And also Noadiah and the prophetess and the rest of the prophets who are trying to frighten me. Wow. So there's this whole entourage out there trying to frighten him from the work. And, and, and if you can spiritualize this a little bit, as, and see this as a metaphor, mm -hmm. there are fear, discouragement, anxiety. They're never your friends. They're, they're, they're um, you know, um, uh, okay, let me, let me tell you this story. This will kind of freak you out a little bit. So I was um, really concerned about what was going on in my body, you know, all this neurological thing, and because my family has Parkinson's in it. And so um, so yesterday I was talking to Stacy, you know, I was, 
I was like, man, what the heck is this? You know, my grandmother died from Parkinson's and, you know, my mom, I think she had it and my uncles had it and my grandfather's on the, my other's side and all this stuff. And, and so all of a sudden that, that, that fear, a letter being written to me, you know, kind of like of my genetic past. Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, here's the crazy wacko stuff about this. So my, my wonderful sister, who's absolutely amazing, godly woman, I love her, uh, and totally beknownst to her, um, sends me an email right after I have this conversation. Um, sends, I'm, I'm at home. Sends me an email that our aunt had written her in 2007. So I don't know. What, what's the math on that? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. 14 years about. 14 years yeah. ago. Okay, yeah. 14 years ago. Yeah, it shouldn't have been that hard. Times table three, <laughs> boop, boop, seven. Number okay. box. Number yeah, box. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 14 years ago, this email was written. And in this email was this kind of like chronology of the Rienzo family that she wanted my sister to know back in 2007. And so I'm reading through it. And sure enough, the one line about my grandmother that is written, and her name, um, at the age of 62, was diagnosed with Parkinson and died at 78, okay? Well, I'm 62, so here I am having a conversation with Stacy about Parkins, uh, Parkinson, and then an email that I have not seen for 14 years gets sent to me and again, my sister's not doing anything evil. She has no idea. I mean, it's a great email. The rest of it was phenomenal. Uh, but fear made me look at one line. Yeah. And in that line, it was my grandmother at my age. Now, what are the friggin' odds of that? Okay? What are the odds that I will have spoken this fear to Stacy, and then the following day, this letter from Sam, uh, not my sister, but the anxiety um, fairy, um, Sam Ballant and Tobias comes to me and is like, oh, we'll scare the crap out of him with this because mm -hmm. he's 62. And you know, what a great time to deliver that letter. See, folks, anxiety, depression, discouragement, fear, disappointment, they're all out there. And whether, whether they ever become manifest in a spiritual form or in an ideological form or the weakness of our minds, which we all share, mm -hmm. they will present their letters. You will get the email. And it will come to you exactly at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, that email came to me, and you know, three years ago wouldn't have bothered me. Well, I ain't 62. It's like, wait a minute. I'm having neurological problems, yeah. and I'm 62. Um, all I know is that that's a false prophet, and all the rest of the prophets who are trying to frighten me. Mm -hmm. So I bet you most people don't know I go through the. Well, you probably know because you, you work with me, but mm -hmm. and you see me laying around and you know crying. And, you know, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, it's usually you know. But I have to, no. I have to say to myself, and I love it. Should a man like me flee? Mm -hmm. should a man like me flee you got to ask yourself should a woman should a man who knows God as much as I know God and know his word and know his promises uh, am I such a one who will go run and hide mm -hmm. uh, regardless of what the outcome uh, of my life mm -hmm. because the bottom line the floods and the rain 
were constant for all men. So to me, for me, it may be today, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to close out, and I know we're almost out of time here, with some honest inventory, okay? Because I think discouragement, weariness, doubt, fear, skepticism, I think they abound. I think they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. So my wife sent me this this. Bible verse today that I mean I literally cried when when she sent it to me. Mm-hmm. Why don't you read it? Because I'll I'll cry reading it. Psalm three, verse one. Oh Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, There is no deliverance for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. I was crying to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me roundabout. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have smitten all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be upon your people. Selah. Isn't that incredible? Mm-hmm. Um, I just let many arising against me saying there is no deliverance from him, for him, from God. God's not going to. You're just going to be a genetic statistic. You're just going to have the same failed surgery. You're going to be in pain. You're just going to be, you know. We really comes down to what letters do, are we willing to read? Mm-hmm. You know, are we going to read God's letters to us or are we going to read the letters of genetics? I mean, I I understand there are real things out there, but are we going to read every speculation that somebody has about what's going to happen to us next? Mm -hmm. I I love it. You are a shield about me. You're the glory and the one who lifts my head. Now, for somebody who has cervical problems, thoracic ruptures, and lumbardal ruptures, I'm basically losing the ability to be the lifter of my own head. That's called the spine. And it says here, don't worry, because I'm your glory, and I'll lift your head. Um, mm-hmm. that's, in, that's absolutely incredible. And I think if you're in that place of discouragement or weariness, don't beat yourself up. I mean, it's real. When depression hits you, it's like, it's relentless. Mm-hmm. It's like letter after letter after letter, you suck, you're a failure, you'll never measure up, you'll never have a successful marriage, you'll never, you know, get better, you'll, you know, and it's like, no, oh Lord, how many adversaries have increased, many are rising up against me. You know, you may have 10,000 people who say something bad about you, it really comes down to what does that one person, what does God say about you? Mm-hmm. And what he told me was that he was the glory and the lifter of my head. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. So cry out to the Lord with your voice, and he will hear you out of his holy hill. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. I'm sorry to get real personal about it, but hey, if the Bible doesn't get personal, it's just theory. Yep. You Boom. Know? Death so. quote. 
That's cool. Oh, yeah. God, we're working on, <laughs> we got to get the right sound effect. We don't want to... Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Maybe that sounds a little too aggressive. Yeah. Too yeah. Southern. Yeah. <laughs> Very Southern. <laughs> Concealed weapon permit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Open carry okay. state. Yeah. 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 This Black, was Texas. Black Friday, Walmart. This was Texas or Florida. Yeah. We could do that. Oh, yeah. But Easily. This, this is Charleston. <laughs> oh, it was... Charleston. The holy city. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All the fun aside, why don't you pray for us? Yeah. Lord, thank you so much that you not only hear us, but you answer us from your holy mountain, that you are the lifter of our heads. Lord, give us resolve, give us strength within ourselves to not come down off the walls, to not listen to all the other thousands of other things that are trying to shout at us to come on down from the work that we're doing. Help us to follow what you've laid out for us, to understand what you've called us with and to have the resolve to do it. Thank you that you are a strength in the midst of it and that you will always be with us. We love you so much. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. 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 And uh, let me just encourage you, good day, bad day, good back, bad back. Join us for Trunk and Treat. Oh, yeah. Even if you just come out, you don't have any kids, that's cool. Just come on and just enjoy the fun. Yeah, it's a I mean, a we, we're having a really good time. Yeah, it's a blast. So um, we'll see you. And that's at Saturday? Saturday, 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. 4 to 6. All right. We'll see you then. See you then. Have a great week. <laughs>